Thank you for that which ears have not heard. Thank you for that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man. Honor, glory, dominion, and majesty we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. Three weeks ago we began um, this series, Engineering Your Dreams. And we started by, um, in part one, and, 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 and we looked at Dare to Dream Again. Last week, we um, shared on part two of the series, and we looked at the, the four Ps, as, as we heard in the other seconds, that waiting time can be agonizing time, waiting time can be excruciatingly painful time, waiting time can be annoying time, but waiting time is not wasted time. We, we, we learned last week that waiting time is pondering time. We learned that waiting time is not wasted time. Waiting time is prayer time. That waiting time is not wasted time. That waiting time is what? People time. And 
we learned the fourth P that waiting time is not wasted time, that waiting time is preparation time. I will go further today and we into part three and we are looking at the big how. I will say the big how. The big how. You see, when we have qualified our dream and authenticated the vision, what we have clearly is the what. The what becomes clear, you know, when, when we've, when we've um, qualified the dreams and we explain how to qualify the dream. And when we authenticated the vision, we've explained how to authenticate the vision. Then what we have in our hands is the what. The what. You see, immediately we know the what, the way we are wired as human beings, our brains begin to think of the how. The how. The how. While we are waiting, we begin to wrestle with the how. How shall these things be? How? How? I know what. Now, how? Everyone say how. But the challenge is when we focus so much on how, we begin to lose enthusiasm, particularly because sometimes we really don't know how. So what began as a dream can become a nightmare. What began as a dream of starting a, let's say, you had a dream of, of starting um, a toothpick-making business. You know we import toothpicks in this country? Do you know that? Is something not wrong with us? What is there making toothpicks? I hope somebody will just wake up and begin to make toothpick for us. <laughs> anyway. And you, the, 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 the toothpick making business is, is the big what. And if the owl doesn't add up, over time, whenever you see toothpick, you begin to run. Why? Because that toothpick reminds you it becomes like a nightmare. It reminds you of what could be, that should be, that was not. So you, so you, so you, so you look at the toothpick and you're like, oh, oh, oh. and for some people, it is, you know, you just find out that some people just resent you for nothing. The, the reason they are resenting you is not because of you, it's because they, you are what they could have been and they should have been, and they are not, so you are reminding them of their failure, so they hate you. Oh, it's making sense now. For no reason. What started off as a dream? Sometimes, if you don't get a big house sorted, it can become a, a major challenge. A major, 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 major challenge. So, m- many visions have, have died in the brutal how, hands of how. Many visions have, have, have died in the brutal hands of how. Many, many visions. I remember, I mean, I shared it uh, some time ago. My wife and I, um, in 2004, 
We got married in 2000 and 2000, 2001, I can't remember. Don't worry. When did we get married? 2001. 2000, sorry. December 2000. <laughs> I would have said that there's no lunch for me today, but alas, I'm fasting. <laughs> Even if we're around. Anyway, 2000. By 2003, you know, I was getting very restless, you know, telling her how, you know, all these big, big visions, and I, I think we were on vacation, and she was asking me, how, how, how? Now, before, before then, whenever I come up with a big vision, and my wife begins to ask me, how? I take it as rebellion. That you are rebelling against <laughs> But thank God for the women, President of the Lord, that we ask us the concrete. They are, if you were at the leadership training on uh, on Friday, you understand what I'm saying. That understand how to think in a concrete way. And it was clear that I needed to leave paid employment. So by 2003, it was clear. By 2004. I took the dive. We were never pastors at all, far from me pastors. And, you know, when you have a big idea, you think everybody should be able to see it, right? And when you are trying to tell them and they can't see it, it's as if, what is, what is, are they slow, are they daft, right? Good. God will take you through that process. Now, I, my wife used to work at some consulting firm. Our boss, you know, and I were chatting. I had a meeting with them. I was trying to show them how they were, what they were, their vision was too small. How if they partnered with me, how we could take, you know, the whole industry, you know. And she looked at me. And she said, how are you going to do she was poking holes. How? 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 By the time she finished with me, I wasn't sure I had a vision anymore. <laughs> I thought I left the meeting. I was like, some people are just very pessimistic, you know? But years have passed. I've learned that she was right. She was talking from, from the depth of her experience. And the how almost killed the vision. And some of us, she was sincere, at least I, I'm, I'm sure she was sincere, but some of us, we, 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 we are falling prey to people that are totally not sincere with us, and they how our visions to death. How are you going to do this? Who do you think you are? Everybody in your father's house didn't ride a bicycle. And you're talking about flying a jet. <laughs> you see, but many times, the truth is, the fact that you don't know how, listen, is a pointer to 
the fact that God is behind it. Praise the Lord. The fact that you don't know how. Now, it's a pointer. I'm not saying it's, it's, um, it's a proof. It's a pointer that it is God that is behind it. Because God will give you a vision that you have to come back to him to find out how. God will give you a vision that you will have to recourse back to him to find out how. If, if, you are, if you have a vision and you can figure out how you are going to execute the vision, I doubt fully from the one. I doubt if it is of God. God will give you a vision that you have to keep running back to him. How am I going to do this? How am I going to take this step? How am I going to take that step? How am I going to take this? This is bigger than me. So, and you see, don't get me wrong. God wants us to plan. God wants you and I to plan. God wants us to plan. God wants us to be strategic. God wants us to, to, to brainstorm, to have our strategy sessions and all that. God wants us to plan. But guess what? Plan the best you can. But remember... A divinely inspired vision We always require a divine intervention. If a vision is divinely inspired, it will take divine intervention to bring it to pass. Take the case of Moses. God gave him a vision. He had a picture of a people that are free in his heart. Even though it was a Pharaoh's house, now, Moses didn't dream, sleep and dream or have a, um, an open vision. But Moses had a mental picture of what could be and should be. These people sh- could be free and they should be free. But Moses figured that out. You know, he was educated. He went to the best university that was available. He figured that out. And that landed him in the wilderness for 40 years <laughs> to sit with God <laughs> so that he can learn God's own how. If you looked at Moses' how and God's how, ask me now a day. Totally different. So plan the best you can. But remember that a vision that is divine, a divine vision will always require a divine intervention. So don't be too preoccupied with trying to figure out how of the vision. This will shock some people. Don't be too preoccupied with how, with how to figure out how. Don't be too preoccupied with trying to figure out how of the vision. But pastor, isn't that what I was, I'm supposed to be doing? Nope. So what am I supposed to be doing? Last week's teaching. The four P's of waiting. So you, you mean I shouldn't know, know how? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you will know how. But it is only God that can lead you into how. Praise the name of the Lord. So if it is only God that can lead me into something, then I should seek him and not worry myself to death about how. 
How? So you need to know how to move from vision to fruition. But coming up with the how is God's responsibility and not yours, not yours, not yours. So God orchestrates what he originates. God is a specialist in how. So sit with him. God orchestrates what he originates. If God originated it, God will orchestrate it. God orchestrates what he originates. And that is the recipe for peace of mind for the rest of your life. God has said you will get married. Why you should do the four piece, why you should ponder, pray, people, prepare the how lies with who with God. You are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. You should ponder, pray, people, prepare. The how is with who? Is with God. You are trusting God to take your business to the next level. You should ponder, pray, people, prepare. But the how is with who? Is with God. Is with God. The how is with God. God orchestrates what he originates. Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 35. Luke 1, I read from 26 to 35. The word of God says that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, the descendant of the king, David. Gabriel, the angel, appeared to her, to Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman. Praise the Lord. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think on what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. I'm saying to you today, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call his name Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. And it will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. But Mary asked the angel, But how? Everybody say, How? How? But how can this be? How can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Ghost. Everybody say, The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you so the baby to be born 
will be holy and he will be called the son of God. You see, for some of us here, God is going to um, make you pregnant. I mean with destiny. Don't come here with big stomach and say, God, that made me pregnant. <laughs> I need to qualify it. God will make you pregnant with vision. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest. For, you see, let me tell you something. Some people here are, are going to start, some have started already, enterprises that will last for generations. For some of us that are here, it is ministry that God has called you to. It's ministry. Don't waste your time chasing business. Make ministry, if God has called you to ministry, priority. Don't waste your time chasing what? <laughs> I'm telling you my story. By 2005, my spiritual father, when he was alive, Pastor Esco, said to me, guys, go and start a church. So we started a church. Remember, I, I, I left Peter Prime in 2004. And I was happy not to take anything from the church, and I didn't. Throughout the period, I pastored that church. Didn't collect any salary. Why? Because... I was, had a business, and I felt my money should, you know, be used for the kingdom and not, you know, the other way around. So um, maybe I even boasted, you know, in, in it. Then, one day God said to me, Femi, I need you to leave your business and focus on this work. I said to God, I will obey you. However, let's see how this thing will work practically. I have a family to feed. <laughs> and if you are married here, I'm sure you are married to a woman. Every woman wants security. <clears throat> they will how you to... <laughs> anyway, I have bills to pay. I'm not collecting any salary from the church. And if you... To please you, I don't want to call any salary from the church. And I listed my stuff. And he said, yeah, you won't collect anything, salary from the church. He said, I will sustain you. I was like, yeah, you sustain me. <laughs> okay. So I told my wife, baby, this is what God is saying. She has left her um, paid employment also. She was baking at the time. This is what God is saying. You know, she, she, by God's grace, because of how God has dealt with us, how we have grown together, my wife looked at me and said, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure about this thing? I looked her in the face, eyeball to eyeball, with all the sincerity I can muster. I said, as sure as I know that my name is Femi Monet. She said, okay. 
So we started. We didn't tell anybody. Even the people that worked closest with me, Pastor Elizabeth, she didn't, Elizabeth didn't know until about a year and a half after I stopped my business. She didn't know. Nobody knew. Why? Because God said he will sustain me, right? So I shouldn't advertise it to people, right? Mm-hmm. So that it won't, won't be confused with sustaining me. Now, about a year into the, the journey, we got a call from someone that we all know, from Reverend Coley. He called us, my wife and I. You know how we like to joke and jive, and we're joking. I said, oh, Ferry, put me on speakerphone. So I said, yes, sir. So I put him on speakerphone. He said, is your wife there? I said, yes. He said, come here, blah, blah, blah. You know, just joking. And she came to the phone, and we were talking to him. And he said, Femi, I, I think God is saying that you should leave your business and focus on the ministry for this season. When he said that, I began to laugh. So when I was laughing, he was like, why are you laughing? He expected that I would be sober. <laughs> so I said to him, God had told me a year before. Now I said, hey, so what did you do? I said, of course I obeyed God. So he said, so why is he feeling the urgency in his spirit that he should tell me? I said to him, it's not because of me, it's because of my wife. Because even though she was following, she was like, I think this guy... This, this guy, you know, has gone a little bit colo, you know. <laughs> it's not that you cannot, even in the process, someone came to me, you know, I kind of write software sometimes for fun. Someone came to me, he, he used to work in the UK, and he came to me and, you know, and we were just talking. I wasn't doing any business, you know, and I showed him what I was developing. And, and he said to me that, Look, listen, 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 that's... I know you and this is your pastor thing. He says, I will get you a job in the UK. You don't have to be there. You can work from home. You, will, you can be anywhere in the world. You can be here and you do the job. And it's a six-figure job. I said to him, I'm not doing business because I don't have options. I'm not doing it because he has said. I don't know who I'm telling this to. It's not in my notes. If God has called you to the ministry, God will sustain you in the ministry. Unfortunately, the people in ministry are jealous of the people in the business. In business, the people in business are jealous of the people in ministry. Everybody is just confused. I'm like, the one God has called me to do, I will face it. Now, years passed. God came to me again and said, you know, because in the meantime, this one, no business, nothing. God blessed us with a Porsche, Cayenne. You guys know the Porsche? We moved from where we are to a place that is 10 more expensive. We, I can begin to list all the things to you. Then after a while, God came to me and said, okay, now... I have taught you this lesson. You know your priorities. You can start doing your business again. I said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, are you, are you really sure about that? 
we are kind of enjoying this, uh, <laughs> you know. What he was just trying to teach me is that, look, for you, the first thing is what? The ministry. If business comes, if it doesn't come, for you. Again, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. For you. Maybe ministry. Let me go on. I'm trying to get my thoughts back on track. Now, if you are about to be married, you have been betrothed. And in those days, culturally, everybody knows who the husband will be and there's plan to get married. And you're going to get married in a short while. And God sent an angel to you. And God said through the angel, You are going to conceive. You are going to have a son. And you are going to name him Jesus. What will come to your mind immediately? You will figure out the how. Oh, that. You will announce to Joseph. Joseph, ah, let's quickly get our wedding date sorted. God has already given me the name of our. So you will work very hard to get married quickly so that you can give birth to the great child, right? That's the logical thing to think about. But not Mary. Mary said, how shall this thing be? I read it. I was like, come on, Mary. You're about to get married. What do you mean how? Just get married and have this child. If Mary had done that, would have been how God had wanted to bring about? No. So the fact that God has given a word and is God, his house are different from how you would think. In fact, he said, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. As far as the heaven is far above the earth. My ways are beyond your ways. God said to Abraham, you will have a child. Abraham, you have a child. Sarah came up with a plan, a strategy. Let's figure out a how. God has said you will have a child. After all, God can use anybody. Have you heard that before? After all, God can use anybody. So this is my house girl. Feel free. After all, she belongs to me. Anything she gives birth to is my big lie. And because August eyes too has been there, the Bible did not say Abraham resisted once. God works in a mysterious way. Abraham, I can imagine him whistling that song. He's, when he was going to the tent to meet a guy, he's one that's to perform. 
But was that what God had in mind? You see, don't jump ahead of God. God has told you what. You need to find out how from him. It is not our responsibility to figure out how. Before, when, 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 I wanted to, I want to pray for someone that is, that is sick. I, I, I really figure out how. How will this person get healed? I will lay my hands on the person. Then I will pray. Then maybe the anointing will come from heaven and flow through my head. And flow through my, I pray for somebody. I'm, I'm thinking how they are going to be healed. But God delivered me from that long ago. Long ago. So, people discovered now that when I pray for someone to be healed, it's not a very long prayer. I lay my hands. It says, you will lay your hands on the sick. And what? What happens in between? Did he tell us? So, I lay my hands, I pray, and I go. And some people get upset. Pastor, you don't even understand this problem. You should have prayed. My job is to pray. I've done that. His job is to what? Is to heal. And God taught me that, you know, in a very, 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 very tough way. I was serving in the north. And in, back in those days, there, there was this LCCN church that was practically empty. It was like just covered with cobwebs. And it was like in a wilderness kind of place. And I would go to that LCCN church. I remember it clearly even right now. And I will fall on my face before God and I will pray for hours. Sometimes I will go in the morning and I'll come back at night. Just there praying and praying for power, for power, for power, for power. Then one day, an opportunity came. Somebody was dying. And they came to call us, to call, to call me. Now we, you, we always talk about Jesus. Please, somebody is dying though. Come on. So I entered my room. I said, Father, today is the day <laughs> that your name will be glorified. <laughs> so I got to the place. I prayed. I got to the place. The, the guy was practically almost dead. They were like almost mourning. I said, all of them should go out. I remember the story of Jesus. I sent all of them out. Out, 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 out. They should leave me at the guy. They <laughs> shut the door. I prayed. I wept. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the guy died. I almost backslid. Though. I, I almost backslid. I said to God, you set me up. to humiliate me. <laughs> this thing is not working. And it was a real period for me. The things I said to God, God is very patient. If were some of us, even if I would have slapped me, said, how can you, how can you? You knew that this, thing, this guy was going to die. You knew <laughs> 
and you allowed me to go. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I don't want this kind of anointing. The anointing that sends people to death quickly. <laughs> because the more I prayed, the faster I went. <laughs> I said, I don't want. I don't want. Praise the Lord. And God taught me, Femi, it's not about you. It's not about you. When is the result your responsibility? When has it become your responsibility? When? Your job is to pray. My job is to answer. Can you see the big picture? Can you see everything? Do you know why he had to go? I don't know, but you set me up. And God helped me through that dark period. Like I said, I almost boxed it. Almost, 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 almost. I can't tell you how close I was. You know, then all those outside girls that I've been ignoring before. I was like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? I was almost gone. But Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> came through and snatched me. And thank God, after that, God delivered me. I could pray for people, people that were dying could come back to life. And it didn't mean anything to me. You know why it didn't mean anything to me? I knew it was not because of my prayer. I just did what I had to do. And he did what he had to do. You see, if, if, you don't, if you don't understand that and, the, and you get released into the power of the Holy Spirit, it can kill you. Because you're, you're human, you begin to think sometimes, you know, when God dealt me that way, I know it has nothing to do with this particular, as well as died, as the other person that God says, I will show mercy. So, the fact that I prayed and something happened, I just look up and say, well done. It's not me. Be careful how you beat yourself when things are not working. Be careful. Because you will be tempted to take the glory when things are working. For some people, that's all they need to hear this morning. Be careful when, when, when things are not working, when you've done what you are supposed to do and things did not work out. Be careful how you blame yourself. Be careful. Because when things begin to work, if you blame yourself successfully, when things begin to work, inevitably, you will credit yourself a little bit. You credit yourself. And God will not share his glory with anybody. Praise the name of the Lord. So we have to take you through a route to show you that it's not by power, nor by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. 
So how God is going to do what he will do is not our responsibility. Your responsibility is to do what you should do, then wait. Deploy the four Ps. Your responsibility is to do what you should do, then wait. I'll stop worrying myself how God will bring things to pass. I mean, the earlier times when God began to, to lead us into the world of knowledge, it's, I mean, because of the way we are wired. My brain, when God tells me something, I says, okay, I want to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I have to stop. I used to struggle a lot to stop my brain from figuring out how God is going to do it. Because, guess what? That's not my business. For instance, one day, I think it was here in this, in this service, one of the services we, have, we had here. God said, I just, I showed me, long story short, and said to me, there's somebody that has been taking drugs dependent on that drug and that he's going to take the person off the drug and I said it and when, when I said it at the end of service they came to meet me that oh somebody collapsed and almost died I was like ah God you didn't say you would kill somebody <laughs> so you take somebody off drugs long story short this person when he collapsed they had to take the person to the hospital they had to do the proper test and they discovered that this person has been medicating for something else. They I think they did the surgery. And that was it. She didn't need to take medication again. Now, she could have been medicating and medicating and taking drugs for something else, for maybe high blood pressure, whatever it is she has taken drugs for. For the rest of her life, that drug can actually kill her. Meanwhile, that was not the problem. So, so God says, I'll take her off. The drugs, right? What should your brain say? We come, an angel will come, they will just heal her, right? But God says, no, I will knock her down so that she can go to the hospital, so that they can find out what exactly is wrong with her. So that, do you understand? God's ways are not our ways. Not at all. In Exodus 14, God said to Moses, lift up your rod. And Moses lifted up his rod. And the Red Sea parted. The Red Sea did what? Parted. Was it Moses' responsibility to part the Red Sea? No. 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 In Exodus 17, Exodus 17, Moses in the battle of Amalek, Moses lifted up his rod. And as he lifted up his rod, the children of Israel were leading we're winning the battle. How does lifting up the rod translate to winning a battle? Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. Never forget that an idea is limited to the potential and the resources of the originator. An idea is limited to the potential and the resources of the originator. So if it's a man idea... That idea is limited to the potential and the resources of the man that has the idea. If it's a God idea, that idea is limited to the potential and the resources of the God that gave the idea. So never make how an obstacle. Never make how an obstacle. The fact that you don't know how doesn't mean it's the end of the road. So don't, don't make don't make how an obstacle for your vision. The fact that you don't know how God is going to do it. 
doesn't mean it's the end of the road for you. While God's plan can be independent of our planning, God's how can be independent of our planning, God's how cannot be independent of our faithfulness. God's how can be independent of our planning, but God's how cannot be independent of our faithfulness. What do I mean? Back to that same thing. Doing the right thing long enough. God's how can be independent of our planning, but God's how cannot be independent of our faithfulness. More vision are aborted because of unfaithfulness than lack of plan. Faithfulness is God coming and meeting you, doing what he has asked you to do. That's faithfulness. Faithfulness to who? To your God. Faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God. Praise the Lord. Faithfulness to God. Some people, because of the vision they have and the how, the way the how is going, they really, the how is a major problem. They stopped being faithful to God so that they can go and figure out the how. Someone says to, to, to me, yeah, Pastor, you know what? I, I want to, the kind of money I want to make is for the kingdom, but it's like God is slow. So let me go and make the money. Then you will see my hand. <laughs> As if you, you can help God. God expects you to be faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to your family. To your family. You've been trusting God for the salvation of someone in your house. Don't give up. Be faithful to them. Faithfulness to fruitfulness. God has said you will have children. Don't give up. You will have children. Faithfulness to the harmony of your home. Don't give up. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness to your family, faithfulness to a local church. Faithfulness to local. We have, we have a lot of Christians that are like orphans. They are not planted in any local church. They just want to float from one church to another church to another church to another church. To another church. God does not work like that. Praise the Lord. Someone said, You can be faithful to a local church without being a Christian, and that is true. You can be faithful to a local church without being a Christian, but you cannot be a Christian without being faithful to a local church. That is true. That is true. And thank God for yesterday, we had a party for um, those that have finished the first trip of the journey, and the party was awesome. Amen. Join a local church if you don't, if you don't join, if you are not a part of one yet. It doesn't have to be here, but join a local church. Faithfulness to God, faithfulness to your family, faithfulness to your local church, faithfulness to the vision that God has given you, faithfulness to the vision that God has given you. So the how can happen without our plans, but the how cannot happen without our faithfulness. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads and let us pray. Father, we thank you 
We honor and we adore you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for those that we have committed their lives to you. Lord, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Lord, the grace to stay with you in spite of the turbulence of the heart, give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed.